If you like music's greatest mysteries, you've got to check out Dan Rather's The Big Interview for some incredible true stories from the biggest names in music. Check out the podcast sometime. On this episode of Music's Greatest Mysteries, the unbelievable story of Wu-Tang's million-dollar treasure. We're going to create one CD, and we're going to sell it as a work of art. Next, did the Scorpions really help end the Cold War? Mikhail Gorbachev openly wept when he heard the song. This man is crying over the Scorpions. And finally, two divas battle for the name Kylie. The audacity to take legal action to make it seem like she's the only person who ever had that name. The Wu-Tang Clan, a mythic force in the hip-hop world. And in 2015, the always innovative supergroup announced a new album. But this one comes with a catch. There's only going to be one copy of it coming out. When the Wu-Tang Clan fans heard this, everybody was going crazy on trying to figure out how they can hear this album. But when it falls into the hands of one of the most hated men in America, fans wonder if there's any hope to hear Wu-Tang's secret album. This is a strange saga. It was like this Indiana Jones treasured relic of hip hop. Emerging out of Staten Island in 1993, nine rappers joined forces to become the Wu-Tang Clan. They had a very different style musically and visually than all the other rap groups coming out of New York. It wasn't even just unusual, it was completely unheard of in hip-hop. Their first album, Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers, peaks at number eight on the hip-hop charts and begins two decades of Wu-Tang dominance. They always did things that didn't sort of play by the hip-hop rule book. And all of that really, that's RZA. You know, RZA is the mastermind of the Wu-Tang's music. Wu-Tang member RZA leads the band to more and more innovative territory, eventually expanding Wu-Tang worldwide. And when the group take a hiatus in 2008, RZA and longtime Wu-Tang collaborator Silver Rings set out on a release that'll make hip-hop history. Silver Rings came to the RZA with this idea. We're not gonna mass produce it. We're not gonna create millions of CDs and copies. We're gonna create one CD and we're gonna sell it as a work of art. And it was going to be absurdly expensive, and one person was going to hear it, and that was it. So, is that idea genius? Absolutely genius. Silver Rings and RZA dubbed their project Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. They packaged it in this jewel encrusted box with the Wu Tang logo on the top. It looks like an actual artifact from, like, some lost treasure. The myth and the story around the album is now bigger than the album itself. They were going to make this an event in music. The album sells at auction for $2 million, becoming the most expensive work of music ever sold. But unfortunately for Wu-Tang and their fans, it falls into the wrong hands. The man who ends up buying the Wu-Tang album is Martin Shkreli. 
This is the guy who we come to know as the farmer bro. He was the most hated man in America. Imagine for a moment popping a pill before bed that costs about $13.50. Now imagine waking up the next morning, find that the price of the exact same pill jumped to $750 overnight. A guy who is universally reviled for taking over a pharmaceutical company and jacking up prices for prescription drugs. He's the CEO of Turin Pharmaceuticals. Martin, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. He was a villain, and it was very clear that he was not fighting this image. He enjoyed the attention. If you could rewind the clock, I wonder if you would do anything differently. I probably would have raised the price higher. This was not the idea that this end up in the hands of an actual supervillain. A battle kicks off between the Pharma Bro and Wu-Tang, with Shkreli going so far as to use the CD as a drink coaster. This is my coaster, as you guys can see here. Escalating the feud. You gonna raise $750 per pill? It's like, yo, how they gonna live, man? You a killer, man, but you a soft killer, man. You a baby, man. And it may ultimately lead to the destruction of the Million Dollar Album. If you ever say some dumb again, this album, this Shaolin, I'm gonna erase all your in this album. Right here, man. Right here. Coming up, the strange fate of Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. Martin Shkreli ends up having to forfeit pretty much everything he owns, including this Wu-Tang album. And later, the wild legend of the Scorpions, Wind of Change. It was rumored that the CIA actually wrote the song. In 2015, Pharma Bro Martin Shkreli purchases the one-of-a-kind Wu-Tang Clan album Once Upon a Time in Shaolin for a staggering $2 million. And Wu-Tang takes issue with the purchase. Well, this is him. Check his face out, man. Carved out nose, anything, you know what I'm saying? Walking around with fake goons like he's tough and he ain't got a, a real bone in his body. Shkreli strikes back, even threatening to destroy the album. I'm gonna erase you from the record books of rap. You're gonna be done. You're my son. You have to listen to me. I butter your bread, you understand me? You'll be a ghost for real, But Shkreli doesn't follow through on his bluster. Instead, he has a new stipulation. He promises to release it if Donald Trump is elected president. Donald Trump wins the presidency. So after the election, he did start to tease, play a few clips from this recording. Welcome. But Shkreli doesn't follow through on his promise to release the full album. He only releases snippets of it online, further infuriating people and further adding on to his scumbag brand. And before he can do any more damage to the treasure, karma catches up to the pharma bro. Federal officials are holding a press conference at this hour after arresting Martin Shkreli. Martin Shkreli gets arrested for securities fraud. He's thrown in jail, and the government seizes his assets. He ends up having to forfeit pretty much everything he owns, including this Wu-Tang album. 
It's now sitting in a temperature-controlled room in the Department of Justice. And there's layers to the weirdness that ends up happening in this strange saga. Martin Shkreli goes to prison, and somehow the American government now owns the Wu-Tang Project. For three years, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin sits in a government vault. Then, in 2021, it's announced the album would once again see the light of day. Once Upon a Time in Shaolin was brought back to auction, this time bought by a company that's in the NFT business. NFTs are these files that can't be replicated, that can be transferred digitally and remain completely unique. The Wu-Tang Clan have been so far ahead. That's the idea that these guys had before technology could actually do it. And now here we are. The buyers, NFT collective PleaserDAO, promise to make the album available in some form in the near future. Whether they live up to their word remains to be seen. And with Shaolin's winding history, can the album live up to the hype? Whether or not the album is actually good, I don't think has any bearing on it. It's that holy grail. It's just a part of the story that is Wu-Tang. Adding another element to what makes this whole crew so special. Scorpions are the biggest rock band to come out of Germany. They'd sing songs like Rocky Like a Hurricane and Still Loving You, you know, nothing like political stances or anything like that. But in 2020, the view of the Scorpions as a traditional rock act changes. This podcast detailed the Scorpions being in bed with the CIA. I want to tell you the story of a song. It might just be the most influential song of the 20th century. Allegedly, the CIA wrote the song when it changed. The CIA could have collaborated with a German hairband to write a power ballad that ended the Cold War. Is this just wild internet speculation, or is there any truth to the rumor? When you start connecting the dots, you really want to believe it. The story begins in the late 1980s, as the formerly isolationist Soviet Union enters a period of opening up known as Glasnost, under their new leader, Mikhail Gorbachev. Mikhail Gorbachev seemed to have a different attitude about the Cold War, and almost immediately he engaged Ronald Reagan in negotiations. Read our the Soviet Union was starting to open it up culturally, so the U.S. wanted to really get at the young people of the Soviet Union at the time. They thought, if you could get the youth swaying the way of the Western world, the government will fall. And the youth in Russia did love themselves some hair metal. Enter a man named Doc McGee. McGee is the Scorpion's manager, but he's also an established and notorious promoter. Doc McGee got his break with Bon Jovi, and from there it snowballed. He had all of the metal bands. He had Motley Crue, Skid Row, Ozzy. He was raking in the money. He also was raking in the drugs. In the 80s, Doc McGee is convicted of the import of 20 tons of marijuana. 
Facing a 30-year jail sentence, he plans to use any means necessary to avoid prison. Allegedly, the CIA and Doc McGee cut a deal, put on a massive hair metal show in Moscow, and we will stop running against you to put you away. The result? The Moscow Music Peace Festival. The Scorpions headline the event along with the top metal acts of the day. You've got everyone playing in the hopes that these very Western and capitalistic bands might influence the crowd. I remember MTV airing the footage. It just seems like so much fun. And it seemed like music was the thing that was going to change everything. Less than three months later, the Berlin Wall falls. The quick social changes greatly affect the lead vocalist of the Scorpions, Klaus Meiner. Klaus is absorbing all of this, and he just keeps getting the image of the crowd, cheering and, and freedom and all these different languages. And he writes this beautiful riff, and then the rest of the song comes from it. For everyone that was caught up in the Berlin Wall, in the Soviet Union, they need an anthem. This was a song about change, and it captured the moment. This was a song with a global message, and you can't overstate how massive this is. Wind of Change goes to number four in the US and number two in Europe. And even though the Berlin Wall has fallen, the Soviet Union is still in existence. The Scorpions then release a Russian version of the song, and it has a deep effect on the Soviet leader, Gorbachev. Mikhail Gorbachev openly wept when he heard the song. This is the leader of a super danger for our country, and this man is crying over the Scorpions. And then, on Christmas Day, 1991, everything changes. The Russian flag has replaced the hammer and sickle over the Kremlin. Mikhail Gorbachev signed himself and the Soviet Union out of business. Coming up, did Wind of Change help bring down the Soviet Union? And was the song actually written by the CIA? It wasn't just the Western world that was hearing this. This was everywhere. And the question is, was it designed to be? And later, the Battle of the Kylies. She was planning this big coup, and she tried to trademark the name Kylie. Problem being, Kylie Minogue already owned that trademark. In 1989, the Moscow Music Peace Festival exposes the youth of the Soviet Union to Western culture and at the same time inspires the Scorpions to write the hit song, Wind of Change. Shortly after the song's release in 1991, a shocking development takes place. Eastern Europe is free. The Soviet Union itself is no more. Then in 2020, a podcast theorizes that the 1989 festival is secretly orchestrated by the CIA and that the government may also be the real writers of Wind of Change. It was rumored that the CIA actually wrote the song. And it makes even more sense that you'd come in with some ballad that has to do with the fall of the Soviet Union. 
The CIA is no stranger to using pop culture to further their own advances. It wasn't just the Western world that was hearing this. There was a version that was done for Russia. This was everywhere. And the question is, was it designed to be? The song's credited songwriter, Klaus Meiner, answers the question. It's a very entertaining and really crazy story, you know, but it's, like I said, it's it's not true at all, you know? So like you American, like you American guys would say, it's fake news. Regardless of who writes Wind of Change, does the song actually help end the Cold War? They had a huge part in ending the Cold War. They had a bigger part in ending the Cold War than anyone gives them credit for because it really captured what those people were feeling. So in a sort of psychological sense, that song really liberated people mentally. The thought that scorpions and wind of change was going to lay the groundwork for a brand new world. We kind of owe Klaus and the boys a little bit. In the realm of popular music, there's only one Kylie. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Miss Kylie Minogue. She is a goddess who has sold millions of records around the world. Nobody thinks any other Kylie but Kylie Minogue. But can a massive reality TV star lay claim to a trademark and a name already worth millions? Kylie! This is a fight with dynasties on the line. I adore Kylie Minogue. I absolutely adore her. Kylie Minogue has been around since the early 80s. I'm a singer. I'm an actress. She was on a long-running, hugely popular soap opera in Australia, which also ran in the UK, and she decided to do music. She had a string of hits like Locomotion, I Should Be So Lucky, and then, of course, Can't Get You Out of My Head. She was so famous, so popular. She segued into films. She is an icon. People like cry like the way I'm about to right now, like worshiping this woman. She's got clothing lines, she's got cosmetic lines. She's created Kylie the universe. In 2007, another Kylie bursts onto the scene as a reality star in the smash hit keeping up with the Kardashians. By 2015, the other Kylie is a millionaire, but she wants more than just reality show royalties. Kylie Jenner, who, like most people of her age, thinks that she's the first person to do anything. I am so thrilled. Everything beauty, I feel like I'm such a girly girl, so it's so much fun, and I love taking care of my skin and my body. So she wants to do her cosmetics and her clothing line and build her empire. So I'm gonna show you guys my everyday skincare routine. She was planning this big coup and she tried to trademark the name Kylie. Problem being, Kylie Minogue already owned that trademark. Coming up on Music's Greatest Mysteries, the Kylies square off in court. The audacity to take legal action to make it seem like she's the only person who ever had that name. If I was the judge, you throwing that out court. In 2015, Hollywood socialite and entrepreneur Kylie Jenner sues for exclusive rights to the name Kylie to market her business ventures. Opposing her 
pop legend Kylie Minogue, who's been using her name for her own empire for decades. The audacity to take legal action to make it seem like she's the only person who ever had that name when there's someone who had it first. If I was the judge, I'd be throwing that out of court. In 2017, Jenner's claim is rejected by the U.S. Trademark Office. Kylie Minogue gets to keep the trademark that she already owns. She can prove that she has been the Kylie for longer. Kylie Minogue has had it since the mid-90s. It doesn't all of a sudden revert over to Kylie Jenner just because she has more Instagram followers. Jenner's failed coup accomplishes little more than raising the profile of the present holder of the Kylie throne, Minogue. Kylie Jenner is doing excellent marketing for Kylie Minogue because when you type in Kylie.com, that belongs to Kylie Minogue. That's great for her. That's like zero marketing dollars spent and yet all the traffic driven to her products. I'm almost cringing to even say aloud that this debacle helped Kylie Minogue because Kylie Minogue doesn't need our help. There is no Kylie versus Kylie. There's one Kylie, Minogue. A one-of-a-kind, multi-million dollar album. A song that inspires a revolution. And a diva battle over a name. All are part of music's greatest mysteries. Thank you for joining us for Music's Greatest Mysteries, where we investigate the legendary mysteries surrounding the biggest names in music. Now remember, if you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Also, go ahead and leave us a review and don't keep the show a secret. Tell a friend.